a good, good crowd. Well, I don't know what's going on over here, but this bunch over here is just flat out getting it. <laughs> hey, middle row and this row, we got a lot of work to do, don't we? This is just wonderful. It's a great crowd. Yeah, they're all in the choir, aren't they? All right, I'll give you that hand again. It's all right. This is a great crowd. The Lord's here. He wants to help us today, doesn't he? Let's bow our heads and pray. God, I thank you so much that you are in our midst this morning. I thank you that you love us. Regardless of where we are in our journey of life, you know who we are and you know our names and you love us. And you want to help us today. Thank you that we've gathered in your house. Thank you for everyone that's here. Speak to our hearts from the very beginning of this service. And I pray you would receive honor and glory in everything that's said and done today and help us all, every one of us, Lord, to worship you with everything that's within us today. So minister to our hearts and touch us. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to stand. We're going to sing a worship sequence. That means we're going to just kind of sing three songs back to back to back. And we're going to start at song number 222. That's where... Uh, this sequence begins in your Sing to the Lord songbook. So turn to song number 222, and then we're going to sing after they play this introduction. We're going to sing, Oh, How He Loves You and Me, just the first verse. We're going to sing a couple of verses on song number 224, and then we're going to turn over to song number 225 and sing the whole song. These are great songs that just go back to back to back that tell us that God loves us and wants to help us. Amen? Let's sing it together.
song, you repeat it twice. My chains fell off. Glory to God. I believe the songwriter knew he experienced that. Amen. I believe some of you have experienced that. And you've been saying with a, a heart that says, My chains fell off. And I follow thee. Praise his name. Amen. You have your scriptures? We'll read together. Psalm 67. Amen. Appreciate those songs, Brother Bates. Amen. They ministered to my heart the very first one. Praise God. And I'm so thankful for our church here. Amen. God's truly blessing and helping despite with all the other side issues. I'm glad that God's the main issue. If we'll keep our eyes on Him, He's going to continue to keep blessing. Praise His name. God, be merciful unto us and bless us and cause His face to shine upon us. See, that Thy way may be known upon the earth, Thy saving help among all nations. Let the people praise Thee, O God. Let all the people praise Thee. O let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For Thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon the earth. Let the people praise Thee, O God. Let all the people praise Thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. Amen. Praise God. As we look to the Lord in prayer, let's remember Brother Knox Bullock in our prayers. We diagnosed with it. Then also, let's pray for Brother Osborne. Amen. And I appreciate church continuing to remember my little niece has uh, cancer. And going to begin treatments here in a couple weeks at five years old. And then also, let's pray for our nation. You know what we're going through at this time. Let's remember it. Yes. Sister Preach. China, for me to pray. Amen. Pray one for another. Pray for the service this morning. Unspoken request? Yes, brother. I don't know about passing my sister, but there's some, there's some good news attached to them. I have other sisters who are turning their interest to God. Praise and God. husband to God. Uh, they will be in out at uh, Brother Mitchell's church this morning. Good. And, Terrible things happen, but God extracts good from those things. Praise His name. 
And uh, now we have a baby for the for the first one. This is this baby. Where's this baby at? I need to see this baby. Where's this baby? Oh, come on, mom and dad. Can you bring the baby up here? And we're going to do the family of God.
morning to share with you. And if you have a bulletin, of course, the uh, page on the inside has all the, the schedules and the services and everything. And everyone is always welcome to be, uh, come here to Beach Grove Independent Nazarene Church. Some uh, special announcements that we have today, Tuesday, day after tomorrow, January the 28th, at 7.15, we have cottage prayer meeting at Brother and Sister Bennett's house. And it is located in 2910 Perkins in Beach Grove. It's just about, about five minutes from here, so it's very close. Wednesday, January the 29th, 7.30, we have, there's a church meeting. All members should make an effort to attend. This is a very, very important meeting. On Saturday, February the 1st at 2.30, there's going to be a youth outing. Youth will meet at uh, MCS, the, just across the parking lot here at the school, for a fun Saturday in Newcastle. The trip includes a stop for pizza, drama at Hartman Christian School. Bring a friend or two for additional information. Please see Brother Roger Bennett or Brother Don Parks or Brother John Anderson. February the 14th. How many know what February 14th is without looking at the bulletin? Okay, guys, remember your wives. Wives, remember your husbands. Okay, good advice. February the 14th from 5 to 8 p.m., the NCS Valentine's Dinner at Sassafras Tea Room, uh, 229 North Madison Avenue in, Root in Greenwood. This is going to be a fundraiser uh, that is going to be put on to take up um, some funds for a special trip for a special young lady that's going to be going this year to Thailand, and that is Brooklyn Carpenter. Uh, ACE School, which is just across the parking lot here, uh, is uh, going to be celebrating or having their international uh, convention, and this year it's going to be in Thailand. It's going to be the very first time. And so uh, there's going to be a fundraiser for this. There's more information at the bottom of the bulletin in the spotlight, and so you, uh, you need to look, look over that also, and uh, you need to make reservations. You can see uh, Sister Shirley or perhaps uh, Sister Hires. It has more information. Uh, different ones can help you with that. On February the 21st through the 23rd, 7.30 p.m., Youth Revival. Brother Paul Stetler from Hope Sound, Florida, will be ministering to our youth in this three-day revival. There will be special music uh, provided also, and all ages are welcome to attend. That's February the 21st through the 23rd. So those are all of the announcements for right now. Remember, remember the uh, service on Wednesday night, 7.30, a church meeting here in the church, and all uh, members uh, should make an effort to be here. The ushers are coming in this morning uh, to take up your morning tithes and offerings. And uh, once again, thank you so much for your tithes and offerings. Some of the young people ask if they can help. Stone room. Okay. Exactly. So any young person that wants to okay. help, help take the young, young people, young, young people who want to come and help this morning, Come right on up. We need uh, we need four more. Okay, there Here comes a, there comes a young lady right there that's going to help. There comes Graydon. Uh, who else? Casey. Where's Casey? Does Casey want to come up and help this morning? Uh, yeah. There comes a young man. Here's a young lady. Now, young lady. Well, we're going to have a lot of offerings to take this morning. Okay. These are our ushers and our future ushers. That's right. Okay. All right. Brother Strain, would you lead us in prayer this morning, please?
this time we're going to have another special, and then we'll have another wonderful message. I appreciate the truth that Brother Bates has been giving us uh, Sunday after Sunday. Uh, I don't believe he's missed it. <laughs> Amen. And you don't want to miss the truth that he's been bringing to us each night. So God bless him as they come sing and preach. Because I chose a long 
from uh, uh, Charlie Brown's sister, that Sally, that wanted a lot of things for Christmas. Um, so I kind of threw the two voices together. This is what came out. Well, when Ethan gets up, especially, I'll always say, you know, Mr. This week, though, it kind of changed. He came downstairs and I went, Mr. Ethan. And he went, and here we go. True <laughs> story. And so you worry, you know, when you start to uh, preach, you worry that someone's going to say, and here we go again. Just do it under your breath, okay? Thank you. Preachers are cheering me on today. <laughs> Wednesday night, um, this congregation, uh, the members in this congregation, will be voting on the future of our church. Under normal circumstances, um, you know, if you called in someone that wasn't here, you would call that person in for a trial sermon. And they would preach to you and you'd get a sense for whether or not you like their preaching and then a few days later you would vote. I sometimes feel like I've had a trial sermon every Sunday morning now for several months. Uh, thank you. But having said that, my message this morning is going to be a little different. I don't have any way of knowing how things will go Wednesday night. I didn't bring campaign signs or buttons or t-shirts because Amy made me leave them at home. <laughs> That's a joke. But I am going to share my heart with you this morning. And so... Let's just act like this is my trial sermon, okay? So this is for this is for the members. This is for the people who attend regularly who have not yet joined the church. This is for the visitors. This is for everyone who who has an interest in Independent Nazarene Church. There is one thing that is I don't want to start crying. Very clear to me. I can't tell you why, but God likes Independent Nazarene Church. He likes us a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. And he he smiles on this church. Again, I can't can't explain it. I can't begin to explain the last. Uh, really almost nine years, with the exception of just a few months that seemed like an eternity, that Amy and I have been part of this church. And never in a million years would I have ever imagined that I would, would be standing in this moment approaching a momentous, historic, on a lot of levels, vote Wednesday night. A dear brother came up to me before the church and he said, congratulations. I said, well, we got to get through Wednesday. He said, well, he said, you don't know how much better I feel. He said, because I've been 
I've been getting worried that I'm becoming non-pasteurized. <laughs> I think I understood what he meant. <laughs> but I do want to share my heart with you this morning. And I promise it won't be a long speech. But I believe it's important for God to give us vision, direction, passion, anointing, love, and more than anything else, the unmistakable leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I want that more than I want anything else in the world. And so I want you to turn to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah is in the uh, Old Testament, uh, right after the book of Ezra, uh, right before the book of Esther. And, and so it's right close to Job and Psalms. And so if you have a difficult time finding it, go to the book of Psalms and then just keep moving back and, and you will come to the book of, of Nehemiah. If you had a Bible like mine, it would be page 530, but I don't know that you have a Bible like mine. But Nehemiah chapter 2, and while you're turning, I, I want to say this as well. I am overwhelmed at how God is helping us in these, in these, these past few weeks. It's no secret that we've been through a transition. That's not always gone perfectly. It's no secret that, that we've had some that have chosen to do other things. And that's certainly their right. I don't mean them any ill will. Um, some would say, you know, well, the church is going to go through a trying time. I don't know how to tell you this other than to say at this point, I, I, um, I don't uh, pay a lot of attention. I'll tell you what I pay more attention to than anything else. I pay attention to the t attendance more than I do the offerings. I, I totally leave it up to the treasurer to worry about that. I lose enough sleep over everything else, so Bob can worry about whether or not the lights are going to stay on. Because we can always have a candlelight service. I mean, it's way cool. Um, but I will say this. In the past few weeks, I just happened to, the, uh, the lady that does the bulletin went to Florida this morning, and so she dropped off the bulletins, and I just happened to grab a bulletin, and I opened it up. And so I looked at, uh, at, the, at the finance number, hadn't paid any attention. And I just want to say this. God is proving yet again that he loves independent Nazarene church. And people are stepping up. And God is challenging people's hearts. And he's helping us financially. And God has, has talked to me as well. And I've, I've told him I want to give more in this year than I have ever given before. And so if you're one of those that God has been challenging and you're stepping up, I don't want to just say thank you. I want to say as a minister of the word, God will reward you and he will bless you. And God's blessing be upon you for stepping up and stepping in the gap and making up the head. And I thank the Lord for how he's helping us. And my heart is thrilled and I'm encouraged because of what I know God's going to continue to do all year long. And I mean every word of that. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse number 11. If you have found it, please say amen. amen. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well into the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. 
Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. And when I up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and so returned. And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. And said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Samballat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem, the Arabian, heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, what is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Amen. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. I want to talk to you this morning about turning dreams into reality. Turning dreams into reality. This is quite a story. The story of a, of a cupbearer, a captive, a man who had one job, and that was to serve wine to the king, a prisoner, an outcast, a domicile, you might say, Nehemiah. The king Artaxerxes had captured Jerusalem, we all know why God let that happen. He did that to bring judgment to them again and again. The walls were ruined. The city was waste. It was a no man's land in a lot of respects. And someone came to Nehemiah and said, have you heard what's going on back in Jerusalem? And he told Nehemiah, everything that he'd heard about how bad things were back home. Verse 3 of chapter 1, you might want to leave your Bibles open, how the city was afflicted and in reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem was broken down and the gates were, were burned with fire. Verse 4 says that Nehemiah said, I sat down and wept and mourned and fasted. And pray. And chapter 2 begins with him walking into the presence of the king and him acknowledging in verse number 1 that he'd never been sad when he went into the presence of the king. And when he walked in that day to give the king his wine, the king looked at him and said, Nehemiah, something's wrong. What's wrong? And he said, How can I be happy when my city is torn down? And the gates are burned with fire. And the walls are destroyed. And for whatever reason, God moved the heart of the king. And he said to Nehemiah, 
What do you want? What's your request? Look at verse number four of chapter two. It ends the way I want to begin this sermon. So I prayed to the God of heaven. And God gave Nehemiah the blueprint. A cupbearer. A prisoner. Someone close to the king. God gave him the blueprint for how you take a dream that's been shattered and rebuild the dream and turn it into a reality. I believe with all of my heart that for every person here this morning, there's truth in this message Amen. that can help you. Amen. And there's truth that can help me. And there are nuggets of gold throughout what God helped Nehemiah do that he can help all of us together and individually do for him. And so if your Bibles are still open, I want to share with you uh, three or four points, and I promise I'll be done at noon, about what Nehemiah's blueprint looked like. My first point to you this morning is that Nehemiah had a purpose. Amen. Had a purpose. There are way too many people in life who drift aimlessly without any purpose at all. And let's be real this morning, folks. If we're not careful, it can happen to all of us. And the days can turn into weeks and the weeks can turn into months. And if we're not careful, 2020 will, will come and go and we will wonder what happened to the year without having done anything for God. We can all fall in that trap. Of, and, and, and listen, we're all learning that the older we get, the faster they go by, don't they? And so if we allow ourselves to just drift aimlessly, time is kicking us around. Instead of us taking advantage of every moment that God has given us to do something for Him. <laughs> And so I want to break his purpose down into this thought. Here's the reality of it. He had a purpose because he had a vision. Amen. Vision is what gave him purpose. There is a verse of scripture that clearly says where there is no vision, the people perish. So I share these three points about his purpose. Number one, he had a vision of a restored city. Nehemiah, very clearly, chapter 2, verse 5, he had a vision of what could be done. He was not content to just mourn over what might have been, but he clearly knew that God could do great things. And I want you to know, with everything that's within me, I still believe God can do great things. He had a vision of a restored city. In the same chapter 2, he had a vision of a restored people. Yep. Verse 17 says, you see the distress that we are in. How Jerusalem lieth waste. The gates are burned with fire. 
Come let us build up the wall that we be no more a reproach. Let's acknowledge a few hard facts this morning, brothers and sisters. Life can really tumble our emotions, can't they? Can't they? Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's financial reversal. Reversal. Maybe it's a child that goes a totally different path than you expected them to go. Maybe it's a church situation where you got hurt. And if we're not careful, we can allow the enemy of our soul to come along and he can crush our spirits if we're not careful, brothers and sisters. And again and again, I've run into people who've lost the gleam of hope out of their eyes and who've lost the gleam of happiness out of their eyes. And depression has taken over and they begin to feel like nothing good will ever come to me or nothing positive will ever happen. And I must just be stuck in this trap where everything's going to go wrong. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you about a God who can make beauty out of ashes, who can take bad situations and turn them around and do something good with your life. And Nehemiah had that vision. It's been too long that we've been in reproach. It's been too long that we've been in distress. Who among us today feels reproach? Who among us today feels like life has dealt them a pretty poor hand? Who among us today feels like things are never going to get better? Let me tell you about a great big God who can restore your vision. And in so doing, give you purpose. And here's why. Thirdly, he not only had a vision of a, of a restored city and a restored people, but he had a vision of a redeeming God. Go back to chapter 1. Verse 4, where it says, I sat down and wept. I mourned certain days. I fasted. I prayed before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God. Can I just tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, may we never forget that we're under the authority of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. What's wrong with America today? You know what's wrong with a lot of churches? We've forgotten His authority structure. We totally forgot it. And we've seen way too many situations where people have lost respect for the ministry and they almost use that as an excuse. You know what I'm reminded of what David did? I'm reminded when David had an opportunity to kill Saul and Saul had already lost the favor of God. In fact, Saul went and raised up that, had the witch raise up Samuel and he told Samuel, the spirit of the Lord hath departed from me and answereth me no more. And yet when David had opportunity to kill Saul, he said, I can't do it. I can't touch the Lord's anointing. Wow. Amen. But we live in a day when people have lost respect for the ministry and have lost respect for the pulpit. And we almost view it as pastor's suggestions. One of the things I told you a few months ago is that I hope that God would renew a sense in every one of us of a passion and a love for preaching. And that God would use these 30 minutes to speak to our hearts. Because brothers and sisters, as much as I love good music, His word is clear that it's the foolishness of preaching. Whereby men and women are saved. And so he began the prayer by saying, Oh Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God. But he went on to say, That keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. You see, brothers and sisters, if we want God to help us, he will. You see, if we want God to take our dreams and turn them into reality, he will. 
If we throw ourselves on His mercy and we do our best to walk in His light, if we say within our hearts we're going to follow Him, if we say within our hearts I'm going to do more for God in 2020 than I've ever done before, if we say within our hearts I acknowledge and realize that I need God, if we will throw ourselves on God's mercy and realize that our only hope lies in Him, He'll do exactly what He said He would do. He'll listen and He'll help us. Here's my second point. He not only had a purpose, but he had a plan. Amen. How many times have you seen people throw around good ideas, but never put any of them to, to work? Oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. We, oh, we need to do. Yeah, we need. Oh, we, we should do this. We should get this done. Well, who's going to do it? Well, you know, so-and-so will do it. You know, so-and-so, he does all the work around here because he wants to run the church. And so, you know. Okay, I'll quit. What's amazing how we pick on people when we're not lifting a finger to do anything. And can I throw this in? This isn't in my notes, but I struggle with people who try harder to tear down a church than they ever did to build it. We can talk all day about how it used to be, how nice things used to be. We can sit around and talk about the good old days. Nehemiah could have sat around in the wasted gates of those cities and said, Boy, this place used to be beautiful. This used to be really nice. Ah, but those were the good old days, and the good old days are gone. I'm not going to live there, brothers and sisters. I'm not going to live in the past. I can't afford to. I'm only 50 years old. I have six-year-old twins. I have a 24-year-old son and his wife and a 21-year-old son and and, and by the grace of God, there's a bright future ahead of them because of what God can do. And so far be it for me to sit around and talk about how awesome things were in the past without acknowledging that there's a great big God that can do everything in the future that He did in the past. Amen. So He had a plan, and He put it to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just break it down quickly. I'm going to break it down into two categories. He, planned, he had a plan of offense. He, he, he put a group of people together and he went to work. Now, I know that some coaches say that the best offense is a good defense. But uh, defense, uh, yeah, okay, defense wins games. No, somebody's got to score a point. Right? So you at least have to have a little offense, right? I mean, there comes a time when it's time to draw the sword and get to work, right? And when that happens, it's time. You, you know what our great offensive weapon is, brothers and sisters? It's on our knees in the place of prayer, entreating a holy God who will help us and who will see us through. That is our greatest weapon of offense. And that's where it must begin for each one of us, knowing that we cannot make it without His help, knowing that without Him we are absolutely nothing, but finding a place to pray. And when you get on your knees and start calling on God, it scares the devil half to death. Because it's your greatest weapon. Let's arise. Let's build. Let's get to work. Offense. I'd like to talk a lot about that. I'll tell you where it's going to start. It's going to start with youth revival. That's playing offense, brothers and sisters. 
Well, you know, Don, it's, it's, surely it's not that big of a deal. We used to have youth revivals and, you know, they're not, you know, crossing. No, no. Here's what I want our young people to know. We love you and we're going to fight for you. And by the grace of God, we're going to do everything we can to get you to heaven. Because what Brother Tom said was right. One of these days, the little kids you saw taking the offering will be 18 and 20 and 25 and 30. And we will need them to be taking the offering then. And so by the grace of God, we're going to draw our swords. We're going to look the devil in hell in the face. And we're going to say, by your grace, Lord, we're going to fight for these young people. That's going on offense. But he also had a plan of defense. Chapter 4, the mouthing started. The naysayers, Samballot, Tobiah, Samballot verse 1, Tobiah verse 3, Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabians, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites, verse 7. And they began to conspire to stop the work. Now, it's been an interesting seven months. And many services have come to church when it would have been easier to stay in bed with my head under my pillow. And I have come to church and walked up here on this platform knowing that five and six different conversations were taking place. And unfortunately, a lot of them were about me. And no, I'm not so vain. I probably think this song is about me. It's just a reality. One of the hardest things I've done is kept my mouth shut. Now, you don't have to say man. I mean, come on. You saying I'm a big mouth? I mean, really. <laughs> but there comes a time, brothers and sisters, when God always help us to have a good spirit. God always help us to be willing to turn the other cheek. But there comes a time, brothers and sisters, when it is time to play defense and defend who we are. And what we have. And what God is doing here. And so Nehemiah said, alright, here they come. They're going to fight. Here's what we're going to do. Half of you are going to work. And the other half are going to stand there with your swords. And you're going to guard us. And so while the work was going on, there was a group of people around them who were protecting them. Let me tell you who protects us the most. It's the crowd that gathers at cottage prayer meetings. It's the dear saints in our church who get on their knees and beg the God of heaven to protect us. But brothers and sisters, I hope that every one of you will believe with all of your hearts that independent Nazarene church is worth fighting for. And that you're worth fighting for. If you're here this morning and you're battling depression and maybe you're hooked on drugs or you're hooked on alcohol, let me tell you something, we're going to fight for you. If you're here this morning and your home is falling apart, let me tell you, we're going to fight for you. If you're here this morning and the devil's done his best to isolate you, let me tell you, we're going to fight for you. We're going to do our best to make sure every soul makes it and we're not going to let one slip through the cracks. And that was Nehemiah's plan. He played offense. 
but he also played defense. I'm going to hurry on. He not only had a purpose and a plan, but he had power. He had the power of like-minded people. The future of Independent Nazarene Church does not rest with the man standing behind this pulpit this morning. This is not Gene Hood's church or Richard Grimion's church or Don Bates Jr.'s church. This is Independent Nazarene Church. The future of this church rests with you. Now, if you elect me, I'm going to do my best to lead. I'll defend you. I'll fight for you. I'll do my best to be faithful to your soul. I'll be there with you when your loved ones die. I'll be there with you when you're struggling. I'll be there to pray for you. But brothers and sisters, the pastor cannot do it by himself. Nehemiah could not have built the walls with, with by himself. No, the future of this church rests in every pew. The future of this church rests with the oldest and the youngest. The future of the church rests with people who will surrender themselves completely to God. And it will say we want you more than we want anything else. Who this church belongs to? The power of like-minded people. If you're one of us, join us. If you're on board, get more on board than you've ever been before. If you're struggling, it's okay. We love you. <laughs> Nobody's mad at you. But the moment God can help us unite our hearts and minds together, Amen. we will be a force like no other. Right. Yeah, the power of a mighty God. The God of heaven. He will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build. Fourthly, I'm two minutes over. I apologize. He had a product. He had a restored city. He had a revived people. And lastly, look later in the chapter, chapter 8. He had a rediscovered Bible. They rebuilt the city. They gathered to worship. They even had a pulpit reading. And the scribe went and got the word of God. And they began to once again have church. May this book always be our guide. May he anoint his preaching word. May he anoint the singing like he has. May he anoint you. May he pour his spirit out on you. And if I'm who he wants, may he anoint me. Lee and Jill, why don't you come to the instruments and just play Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. I want us all to stand close by singing this song.